It was just after three in the morning, and the glint of moonlight off the metal barrel of Michael Friscone's Tommy gun told Elliot Ness he was exactly where he wanted to be. Let's get back to the car and radio for backup. Ness's eyes remained glued to the binoculars. We don't have time, Sheriff. We don't have a choice. Those mob guys are serious trouble. They always are. They got guns. They always do. They ain't afraid to use them, neither. That remains to be seen. Some of Frascone's men are crack shots. Like to brag about how they can hit a knee-high bottle from fifty paces. Ness pushed a loose strand of hair back into place, slicked back and parted in the center. Well, I'm not so sorry with a pistol myself, Sheriff. Won a marksmanship award at the U.S. Coast Guard range. Cuyahoga County Sheriff Ray Potts looked as though he were about to internally combust. Do you understand what we're talking about here? There's two of us and a dozen of them. They're heavily armed and they're killers. Frascone has been blamed for at least ten gangland murders. They're transporting illegal hooch worth thousands of dollars and they'll do anything to defend it. These are impossible odds, Ness. Impossible. Ness glanced at his colleague. In the moonlight, his eyes seemed to twinkle. Sounds like fun. Ready? Ness climbed out of the ditch they were using for cover and headed toward the dock. While he crept forward, he put away his binoculars and unholstered his pistol. He was always more comfortable with a handgun than those bulky machine guns. He'd learned to shoot with accuracy, even from a distance, and he preferred that to the spray-everything-in-sight technique of the Tommy gun. The slope was steep. He had to be careful. And quiet. If the smugglers heard him coming, he'd be a goner. His only chance was to catch them by surprise. The wind coming off the river chilled him, sending shivers coursing up and down his spine. Seemed no matter how many times he did this, the gnawing in the pit of his stomach, the strange combination of exhilaration and terror, never entirely subsided. Probably just as well. If he ever lost that edge, he might get sloppy. The rest of the world thought he was fearless. Well, that was fine. Only he need know better. Only he needed to know that he got scared every time, and it supercharged him like nothing else could. He chose each step cautiously, testing it before he put his weight down, careful to move as silently as possible. Stay down, Potts hissed. If they see you, they'll blow you from here to perdition. Let me tell you, there ain't nothing scarier than staring down the wrong end of a gangster's gat. When I worked in Kentucky as a revenue agent, I got shot at six different times, Ness whispered back. Those hillbillies holed up in the moonshine mountains with their squirrel guns gave me more close calls than Capone's whole gang put together. Ness never wanted to leave Chicago, his hometown, but he was in government service, so he had followed orders. After Prohibition ended, he spent about a year working in Ohio, Tennessee, and Kentucky for the alcohol tax unit within the Bureau of Internal Revenue, chasing down backwoods rum runners. It was tough work. Things had been simpler in Chicago, when the Volstead Act was still in place. Booze was illegal, period. You saw it, you seized it, and you took the criminals to jail. But Prohibition had been repealed in 1933, Ness didn't object on principle. He enjoyed a drink every now and then. But the new liquor laws complicated his work. 
He arrested moonshiners not because they had booze, but because the rot gut they distilled from heaven knows what could be dangerous, tainted with leads and sometimes lethal. More important, at least from the standpoint of the federal government, they didn't pay liquor taxes or import duties. Frescone got his illegal hooch someplace in the Blue Hills of Kentucky and smuggled it upriver into Chicago. The mob controlled the flow of corn syrup, the easiest and cheapest way to make moonshine liquor, which allowed them to control distribution as soon as the hooch was hatched. He'd been waiting for more than an hour, watching the men unloading casks from the boat and carrying them into a dockside warehouse not far from the Detroit Superior High-Level Bridge. Just a few minutes before, a truck had pulled up, probably to transport the goods to their final destination, one of the Irish gambling parlors that sprang up during Prohibition and remained illegal. Ness stopped his slow descent. There was no chance of moving any closer without being detected. "'Do we have a plan?' Sheriff Potts asked. They were only about twenty feet from the warehouse. Ness could see two men in white undershirts loading the truck. "'Cause I would feel a lot better if we had a plan. I do my planning before I leave the office.' Ness watched as the docked boat pushed off back onto the river, taking six of the men with it. That left four men inside, two loading. They would never have a better opportunity. The dockside double doors were closed and, judging from the sound, bolted with a wooden crossbar. A few more minutes and the truck would be loaded and the hooch would be gone. Still got that long axe? Potts passed him the sharp implement. I don't think running in there with an axe is the same as having a plan. Worked well enough in Chicago. This ain't Chicago. You're right about that. Let's go. Wait just a... Too late. Ness was already running down the wooden planked bridge that led to the dock. Sheriff Potts swore silently and followed. Ness stopped in front of the warehouse doors and, without hesitating a second, swung the axe. The crash of metal against the doors was like a crack of thunder splitting the silence of the night. The wet and weathered wood splintered easily. Potts looked frantically all about them. So far as he could tell, no one was coming this way and no one was shooting at them. Yet. Ness turned just in time to see the two men previously loading the truck leap into the front seat and speed away. Cut and run at the first sign of trouble. That must have been their working orders. Which was just fine with him. Now the enemy's numbers were down to four. 